Hello and welcome to another episode of Lectures of Fallen Wisdom. Today I'm talking about surviving this Logan's Run movie that we're in. Now, if you've never seen the movie Logan's Run, I suggest you just see it just to get the concept. Everybody had to die at 30. Logan was actually one of the cops who enforced this rule. And whenever somebody would run from their duty and obligation to die at 30, Logan would chase after him, being this sandman, that was the name of his profession, to put to sleep with a gun those who ran. But then one day, Logan got a little light on his own palm that indicated that he had to go. And so he decides to run. And essentially, that's what everybody is in the society right now, is they're running from death. And there's a certain dynamic that occurs in your brain when you're running from death. It magnifies all your vices. It magnifies your anxiety. It magnifies your lust for things and people to the point where it's debilitating. It also kills you. This, the surviving of this Logan's Run movie means to transcend the movie. In the book, actually, it's 21 that you can't live past. In the movie, they pushed it to 30. In our society, they've pushed it to like 60, 70, 80. And most people follow the trajectory because they're taught to run in fear from death and to accept death as exactly possible. It has to be inevitable. No transcendence allowed of that fact. And so, of course, once you're wholly convinced that you have a finite amount of time here and that you must get your kicks in before you get old because you're an expiring, dying creature, the desperation sets in. And that is the father of all your lies and all your vices. So, how do you get out of this cycle of running from death? Well, first of all, you have to realize that as human beings, we are at the bottom rung of the evolution of where we're going. We're, at, we're like the ape creatures of yesteryear to the people that will eventually evolve from us. And what do you think that they will um, evolve into? They will evolve into creatures that can stay alive much longer because they value life and they want to live longer and we are living longer. I mean, we've already extended lifespans quite a bit through medical science, but there's a certain attitudinal aspect to living forever that has to be adopted or else you just by inertia alone, 
you suck yourself into death and dying. So you have to be able to see past the construct that is the Logan's Run paradigm here, that you must, that you can't live past 80 or 90, that if you do, it's, why would you want to? I mean, it's all this kind of rationalizing of something that's ultimately creating a time limit. And that creation of the time limit actually creates more stress in our body than we can handle. So it's a perfect thought trap to get into to believe in death. It's it, it, it gets most people, so don't be don't feel bad that it's gotten you, but it's important to get out of it. And you gotta get out of this death mentality that you're running from death. You can't die, okay? We've just demonstrated time and time again that if that when you do die you never know that it's happening because you, your consciousness, ends up in a parallel universe where you're alive. So you can't die physically. You never escape the physical world because there's so many versions of them. And even if there were only one, well, the fact is there can't be just one. Quantum physics has proven multi-universes. Marvel is making billions off this stupid idea, but it's a real idea. So actually witness death because now that doesn't mean you should live recklessly. In fact, it's very important to just be very... Try to stay alive in all universes. It's very important because it creates vibrations. If you're shedding a lot of corpses in other universes, that's not good. That creates a a, a scattered vibrational field around you that people in this world can taste. That you're kind of a you're a death bandit and bad vibe. That's why sometimes when you get around people, you're like, this guy has a bad vibe. It's because in many parallel worlds, they've caused their own death. And so now it's very awkward to be around them. So you don't want to be that guy. So you have to stay healthy in all the parallel worlds that you can. Because once you can, if you can span for a long enough time, in many parallel worlds as a calm serenity being then you can live all the different versions with at, at your own choice it becomes like having a a choose your own adventure life you can jump into any world that you want to with enough meditation and enough calming down and enough bliss in your heart your mind is so powerful and is so able to to go into different times, into different parallel universes. What you will open up if you can just stop running from death is a whole realm of infinite living, not the least of which is the infinite life. 
but you have to cultivate an infinite mind to match your infinite body. If there's a mismatch, well, it's an imbalance of just like any imbalance, it creates a stress on the system. There always has to be balance. To that end, what are you putting into this body? I've talked a lot about not eating sugar, not eating carbohydrates, grains specifically. Not all carbohydrates are bad, but grains, very low nutrient-dense foods that spike your blood sugar, that essentially swing your blood sugar to and fro and add... um, Add stored fat onto your liver and then ultimately your belly. The plants on this planet are in the sort of rivalry with the the moving animals on this planet. There can't be too many of one or the other. I mean, I guess we could never have too many trees, but there certainly could be too many humans. So the plants had to develop certain ways to limit the population of the moving animals on the planet. And so it did that in the form of the things that come out of this out of these plants. Now specifically grains have an intoxicant in them. If you ever bit into a piece of bread, you're actually getting a little dose of heroin. It, it creates this, this response in your brain that is similar to a narcotic effect. And it becomes very irresistible. It's like it's hard to resist a hot, steaming piece of pizza when you're bored and hungry and when you're running from death. It goes hand in hand with running from death. Shit, you're running from death, man. Have a cookie. Have a brownie. Have a fucking piece of pizza. You only live once, right? And it's short. So do it. Then you lust after women. You lust after sexual encounters. You become obsessed with maximizing your sexual abilities in a certain time span. And so you become bitter and angry about the fact that you can never get enough of that for your liking, given how much time you've been allotted on this planet in this Logan's Run novel that we're living in. So... These trees, these plants, they create substances that kill the human, that cut down on lifespan. And fruit was the first instance of that. Fruit, because it contains a lot of sugar, an excess amount of sugar. It becomes addicting to the human. The human goes nuts over it and eats too much of it, and then ultimately dies quicker, helping the tree with fertilizer 
and keeping the keeping the human from overpopulating. Now, we kind of outsmarted plants by figuring out ways to harvest them so that we do overpopulate. But notice that hand in hand with the formation of society, the the death span has gone way down. Now it went all the way down to like 30 at a certain point and it's come back up to like 80. But that's in comparison to our hunter-gatherer versions of ourselves, which could have easily lived like a couple hundred, 200, maybe a thousand years. Now, why haven't they found fossils of thousand-year-old humans? Well, because I think that their aging process was so slow that somebody who died at a certain, uh, like at a very advanced age, would look like someone who was in their 40s. So with society and with the ability to overpopulate the planet, we created food stuff that can certainly feed in an undernourished way many, many babies. And so we've created a whole army of human beings who have so fucked their body with the ability to absorb nutrients that, yes, they need meat now because meat is so potent and so full of vitamins that it cuts through the fact that they've destroyed their ability to to absorb vitamins. Which is what all sugar does. Sugar breaks down your body. Grains do the same thing. They turn to sugar as well. And in the process, they ravage your body in a way that it makes it a malabsorbing organism. And then meat comes in and it, it certainly is needed for somebody who does have malabsorption. So while I recommend you get off meat because, let's face it, it's a form of cannibalism, okay? Trees don't eat trees. Did you notice that? They don't. Animals on this planet, if they know better, should not eat each other. Now, should we even eat plants? Yes, because plants are not tortured in the eating process. But when we harvest the flesh of a sentient animal, well, there's something horrifying about that. Imagine if it were you. I recently watched a movie called Fresh might want to check it out. It's about, let's just say it's about a guy who likes to eat people. I don't know why I have to say it that way. It's about a guy who likes to eat people. And you start to realize that the horror of it is no, is not that much more than the horror that we're visiting upon 
good animal. Animals that don't deserve it. Pigs, cows. These are docile animals. They they don't deserve chickens. Deserve what we're doing. And I don't care how humane we do it. And we don't have to do it. And we live much longer not doing it. Again, we we become kind of dependent on it for nutrients because we've created conditions in our body that make us make it very difficult difficult for us to absorb nutrients. But there's a way to be vegetarian, a vegan, but not in a way that a lot of vegans what they do is they they start loading up on carbohydrates, which replace for them their protein. Now, the important thing is to find a source of protein that mimics what you get from the meat, but you don't need as much. Remember, if you if you eat a plant-based diet, your body becomes much better at absorbing nutrients. And so you end up needing less food and you get hungry. I mean, you get full faster and you don't have like the junky feeling of being addicted to meat. Once you taste the flesh, it's like a vampire. Very hard to get off it. Somebody just put a, a barbecue of a steak in front of your face you it's like it's like a vampire trying to stop sucking some virgin's blood very difficult to resist so look i know listen when people start to preach veganism to me i was eating meat and i was like let's shut the fuck up and i'm not saying i'm a vegan I'm just channeling this idea because it seems like it's probably right. So I'm going to try it. Now, this may may have come from being inhabited by a future version of myself who's just like, hey, this is the way you got to do it if you want to stay alive. I I know it. And I also know that your brain understands that you cannot put that much level of stress into any substance that level of pain and anguish into any substance and then feel like you're not going to get some of that into your own psyche and because you're a conscious being and you understand what's involved every time you bite into a piece of animal product you have a flash of the suffering that was involved. You have a flash of the pain and agony that the animal had to go through for you to get your food. Now, when that was something that happened with a hunt, there's a certain natural quality to it. But when it's just somebody just ordering a burger and you're not witnessing the slaughter of the cow that, had to give you that burger all of a sudden it's just a burger to you but in the back of your mind and you can't escape it as much as you say oh no I never think of it your brain thinks of it 
your brain thinks of all kinds of things, the implications of everything. And because it does that, it creates a little stress globule in your psyche that becomes part of you. And every time you eat meat, that's what's happening to you. So you might notice, which I did when I ate vegan for a month, I was no anxiety whatsoever. And I was like, where was this anxiety coming from? I guess I was an anxious animal waiting to be slaughtered. There we go back to running from death. Ultimately, you want to get out of the mentality that you're running from death. So here, I'm presenting all the different ways you can get out of that mentality. And one of them is stop eating flesh that's also running from death, literally, but can't escape it because it's in like a farm atmosphere (laughs) and it's just going to go to a slaughterhouse. But the anticipation is what you're eating. The anticipate the flesh of anticipating death is meat. And I don't care if it's organic, if it's responsibly farmed, it's the fear of of death in flesh. And it tastes so good when it's grilled to perfection, doesn't it? That's one way. So you you just want to lower your vibrational level. Why are cows and herbivores more docile than meat eaters in the animal kingdom? Because it's almost like eating meat turns you into a savage. And that savage must maintain a certain level of anxiety to survive. So... This is sort of a two-step process. You have to kind of cut down on the grains and sugar and then slowly get off the meat. Don't just, like, jump off the meat without seriously figuring out that you a way to eat without eating grains and sugar. The meat is sort of going to be your crutch to get out of eating bread and sugar. But understand that the way they feed the animals today, they're eating mostly corn, which is essentially sugar to them. So you're, by eating the flesh of harvested animals that are farm-raised, unless you're really going out of your way to eat grass-fed meat, which is all, you know, they can just lie to you about unless you know you're watching the animal and then you have to be friends with it and slaughter it. So it's like, there's no way, this is, there's no way to win here. You're still going to eat the flesh that's created by mostly sugar. And that is still going to affect you in a bad way. But if you just, if you're, if you have a choice to eat bread or a piece of meat, eat the piece of meat. Even the animal would want you to do that. Why? Because if you're eating like a ton of carbs and bread and sugar, you'll never be able to stop eating meat, ever. 
because you're it it it's so disadvantages your body in terms of nutrient absorption that can't survive without meat. So that's why I say you have to get off that first, stay on the meat. Then as soon as you kind of have cut out most carbs, you know, very little should you be eating. I mean, I, I, it really should be fucking zero because one, it's like fucking heroin. You take one hit and you want much more. And you, you, it's like an insatiable hunger. It's a drug. So I say don't let one drop in. Not even one little berry. Not even one little piece of fruit. Oh, I'll just have a taste. Okay. You're just opening a Pandora's box. Because you, you'll, you'll see that your hunger is like completely dictated by the excess of empty calorie foods, of carbohydrates, of sugar. And then that is leading to your overeating of all kinds of foods, including meat. You just eat way too much meat and you become a fat person. And off meat, yes, you can get fat off of meat. Now, why is why are these things so pleasurable? Why is it why is a piece of cake like heaven on our tongue? Well, because we've limited ourselves in our minds. We just think there's we really believe that our time here is so finite that pleasures of taste become so important. When there's ways to create the taste that we like in more healthy ways, and as you evolve into a higher being, your tastes change, and your tongue tastes change, and you can kind of train what your tongue wants. Now, your tongue, if you don't have the running from death mentality... Your tongue tends to just to want to taste foods that actually is going to be good for it. It starts to balance out that way. But when you're thinking like death is around the corner and is always chasing you down and that you can't escape from it, well, your cravings will be very intense and they will be insatiable. Alcohol. Alcohol is the first. If you drink, if you ever notice, you drink a few things of alcohol, and if you try to control your eating after that, it's impossible. Why? Because alcohol is like the crack cocaine of sugar. It's it it gives you a, a highly concentrated version of sugar in the form of alcohol which your liver then converts to sugar but at a much higher degree and so it swings your blood sugar dramatically in a very short amount of time to the point where you know after a couple hours after a couple hours and a couple beers man you can down like a whole entire to yourself without blinking an eye why is that because it creates an imbalance in you 
a very significant balance that creates a hunger. And that coupled with your belief in death, well, that's what drove you to drink in the first place. But you can see that alcohol should just don't touch it. Okay? Don't touch it. Now, if you can refrain from doing all those things, well, then you can have a little marijuana now and then. You can have, like, a, a, a drug here and there, and mushrooms or whatever you want. Stay natural. The best is natural. But you can afford to do something like that every couple months, and you'll get a really intense experience from it. And you won't be fiending on it because that's another thing that drives like rampant drug use is just the idea that like death is around the corner. So I just going to be happy until that day comes tomorrow. Close in your mind that it doesn't make sense to be anything but high every single day. But that goes away. Addiction. I mean, I never understood under these addiction courses like AA, why don't they just, look, man, teach immortality. They'll stop drinking like that. If you know you're going to live forever, why are you drinking? Drinking is just going to make, is going to open to a door for you to die faster. It's not going to make you any happier. It only ameliorates your belief in the inevitability of death. So, alcohol damages your brain to calm you down. Alcohol damages your body to calm you down. To calm you down from what? The belief in death. So the first idea here of surviving the Logan's Run movie is just not accepting it. No. There is no death for you. There is only continuing and staying active and have a good time or continuing in a way that just drives you down into a decrepitude that you eventually have to climb out of anyway because you can't you can't escape this world through decrepitude. You'll just keep getting more and more decrepit until you finally wake up and stop being decrepit. There's no escape. And I'm not encouraging anyone to try to commit suicide because it's a horrendous thing to leave a corpse in a parallel universe for your friends and family to find. It's, it's very irresponsible. And it's extremely cruel. And you will be haunted by your decision to do that for years and years and years. And you won't even know that you did it. In most cases, in most parallel universes, although there's a couple where you are half dead in a coma because your botched job. So pay attention. 
pay attention to whether or not you are feeling that running from death. And if it's, if it's something you can't get rid of, the anxiety of, of somehow knowing in your bones that you must die. If you can't get rid of that, then you got to get off the meat because the meat is feeding it into you. It's also the society. But I really, I'm almost at the point where I've, I've never been able to get rid of it unless I cut out the meat, personally. And I'm sitting here as somebody who's been eating meat for the last few weeks. And I, and I just, there's just this little glimmer of it. And I know what it is. And as long as I can observe it, I'm pretty good, but it, I just want it gone. And I don't, I don't want to have to take drugs to get rid of it. And that's another thing is that when you have this like recurring belief in death, you need a lot of drugs to kill it so that you don't live paralyzed. And it's almost healthier if you have that death current going through your head to do drugs than it is to be sober with it in your head. Because at least you can blunt it somehow. But the problem is it's driving the drug use. It's something that makes the drug use necessary and therefore it perpetuates it. And you don't need the drugs. You have all the bliss you need in your non-anxiety brain. If your brain can be free of anxiety, you are having an MDMA trip. And that's what MDMA does. MDMA is nothing but an anxiety reducer. Reduces your anxiety so low that you all you feel is the good stuff, which is naturally there. There's it's nothing in MDMA that makes you feel good. MDMA just kills your anxiety. It kills the belief in death. It it, it kills the thought of it that's just running through your head in a constant rate, and and creating all this um, this fiendishness for the things that life has to offer that you believe you only have a limited time to enjoy. Thanks for listening.